Just to talk to the camera, are there any additions? I have one uh, admin camera item. Legal. I, uh, I, George, if I have uh, one information item, I will be very short when it comes up. Uh, Heritage Tower uh, 30th anniversary. So perhaps uh, 10, uh, Roman numeral 10, number 5. Heritage Tower and uh, what is it, 30th anniversary? It's, it's their uh, 30th anniversary. So just uh, a quick moment of council's time. Any other additions? We have two so far. Any any deletions? <coughs> Hearing none. <coughs> Perhaps I can get a motion to adopt the agenda as amended. Those two additions, Mr. Sajak, all in favor? That takes us to uh, the minutes of the September 26, 2016 regular meeting of council. Uh, I'm presuming that uh, people have had an opportunity to review to review the minutes. Are there any uh, corrections that need to be made uh, other than uh, Jim McQuaid, Director of Engineering and Infrastructure, maybe a uh, lower, lower case N after the I. Any other? Feel free to take your time. We have all night. I would move the minutes of uh, September twenty-sixth uh, with uh, with one small table correction. Okay. All in favor? Do we have any public hearings? Uh, there are none, Your Worship. Any presentations? There are none, Your Worship. That takes us to bylaws. I see we have two bylaws on the agenda. Bylaw 1970, the Municipal Planning Commission bylaw. We will be leading the uh, conversation on that. Uh, Mr. Cowan is actually will be leading that. Uh, he actually should be up there. I'll, I'll take it through, uh, Council. On this one. It's a proposed um, updated bylaw to the Municipal Planning Commission that includes any previous amendments and to rescind the previous bylaw 1718 and 1817. Uh, 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 bylaw 1718 being the Town of Peace Rivers Municipal Planning Commission bylaw was adopted in March 2002. Since its adoption, the bylaw has been amended in January 2008 by bylaw. 1817 to establish a quorum of five members. Council reviews the proposed changes in the draft the MDC bylaw on November 25th, uh, 2015. The draft bylaw was taken to the Municipal Planning Commission on February 1st, 2016 for their comments and concerns. While we do uh, sometimes have difficulty achieving quorum, we feel that the items will be going to the Municipal Planning Commission for decisions are significant enough to merit a larger group of community members. Making that decision so administration is keeping the members to 11, with a quorum of five. Um, that's the recommendations that you do for a second and third reading, Marshall. So, if you're keeping the larger group, i.e. 11 and a quorum of five, 
what changes will be made? Well, it, it's, I think it's going down to a quorum of five, I believe. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. because of the difficulties of sometimes. They're looking at the MPC members, is that correct? Um, so, sorry, 1970 is the proposed new bylaw, or that is the existing? Um, oh, that's the proposed new. Yeah, yeah 1970 okay. is the proposed new one. I know we can't have the majority being <coughs> counselors, but I don't think that got changed. I think the majority is five at this point in time. It's just yeah. you can't have three counselors and two public. You have to have three public and or non residents. Well, they clarify that. Great. Okay, yeah, because right now it's saying eight, 17, 18 says three members, so yeah, five. And was there a change made to the non residency requirement? Um, I think just in the definition. Well, I think if you look at number 9A, in my, I'm reading now that there still can be non residents. Yes, correct. Your Worship, I have a question regarding 13. Is the intent of that to ensure that there's never a time period when there's no council members? I, I don't know if it's a big deal. I mean, the wife's answering there, but if you read that closely, there are, you could potentially, if one year the AG, or our organizational meeting is early and next year is late, you could have a period of potentially two or three weeks when there is no. Council members appointed. Well, yes, would kind of deal with that then, right? And it would only come up once every four years. No, these every year. These are elected every year. They're appointed annually at our. Right. Okay, I, I was reading thirteen in. Part of 13, Rod is saying, are you, are you questioning? This doesn't make sense to me. I council members of the commission shall be appointed at the annual organizational meeting of council and shall serve for a period of one year or until the successors are appointed, whichever occurred last. I, I was thinking in an election year, so after yeah. the election, and then there's an MPC meeting a week after the municipal election and our organizational meeting isn't being held. That's how I was interpreting that. Could be, but I mean regardless of the circumstance, it basically says they stay in there until their successors are appointed, right? And, and councillors are still councillors until the new council is sworn in, even though the election occurs, they, they have to be sworn in. Well, that should be whichever occurs first. That's why I thought when you're, I wrote it down and it does, there are, no matter how you do it, depending, you're going to be, potentially have periods, way structured here that, maybe that doesn't matter, right? Or the counselors have to attend. No, well, why, why is there even a, whichever occurs last or first, why wouldn't it be just a period after appointment? So you serve for one year or until their successors are appointed. So election comes along, you're thrown out of office, uh, council has, the new council comes in, they, uh, you serve until they have their annual organizational meeting, 
at which point uh, the, the successor becomes the new MPC member. But you wouldn't be representing you wouldn't be representing council because you're not a council anymore. Okay. Is that only becomes an issue if there's a meeting in between the election and the and the um, MPC meeting, and none of the three <coughs> people are still. But I mean, uh, there doesn't have to be a councilor at yeah. a meeting either. No. I mean, there could be a case where none of us are available, and as long as you have a quorum out of the other eight people or whatever it is, you can still hold a meeting. Mm -hmm. okay. That's so what? Yeah. So why do we have whichever <coughs> class? Good, good question. You can delete that. That was my only question, so we're prepared to amend it or accept amendment. I'll move to get first reading uh, to bylaw 1970 with many 13 delete uh, as whichever first last. <coughs> Okay, all in favor of Council Burns. I'll have a motion. So, uh, looking at this, I, I thought we had an issue, uh, did we not, Councilor Liam, with uh, people from outside the municipal non-residents serving on this committee? So the 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 uh, point that Deputy Mayor Manzer made, I think, covers that point. So if you read, just I need to find it again here, nine uh, A. So I think that speaks to uh, when it says non-resident. Um, I, I get. I guess I would read that as someone that can't vote for me, uh, but they have a business interest in peace river. So I I think. I think 9A covers it. Um, Was this a change? No, I I don't no. I don't believe no, this. We, I, I don't I think, think this from the change. last council we had a problem with non-resident members. And I guess uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'll be able to vote in support of this bylaw until that's taken out. But anyhow, others can vote on it. <coughs> I have a motion on what what's the advantage then for the well, committee members to have have non-residents on it just so just for quorum and for the for having eleven individuals on the group. Is it an issue getting residents to and we uh, tend to always have at least one opening in that board commit. But if I'm reading 9A right, shall not include non-residents of the town of Peace River unless, yeah. and then the A describes what the unless is. So the premise is that it shall not include members. So council can choose not, if names come forward that are non-residents, can council then choose not to accept their names? Yes, because uh, the board has an aggression recommendation to council for approval of new board members. So. Yes, I can so we still have, have the ability to <coughs> not 
house, non-resident members. If if, if there were, uh, for whatever reason, uh, those names come forward, if we chose not to sanction their nomination, they would in fact uh, not become committee members uh, because of the fact that we can do so by the bylaw, because we're, we're allowed to do that. Yeah. I, I, I think I think we're I think nine eight covers it. It's it, I guess the question is have we ever really pushed it hard enough as a council because it seems as though we always have trouble getting membership on the committee. So um, I, I guess if there was a more <coughs> subscription of members, uh, heaven forbid we have more volunteers, then I guess perhaps an obvious default is to eliminate uh, this category or not eliminate these categories, but eliminate the candidates that are fall under this category. But well, I, I, I think your worship, uh, I think 90 covers it. Okay. Well, if you feel that way, do you, do you want to make a motion? <laughs> Does somebody want to make a motion? For a second reading? You don't have to. We can move on. Um, and Mr. Mayor, uh, before I have a question, if I look at the old bylaw of 1817, um, there's on the page 17 of 52, well anyways, number six, eligibility, it has a 6B part one and then part two, and the 6B part two seems to become 9A, so I'm wondering if anything has been lost in leaving out the part one. So which, where are you at? I'm on bylaw 1817, under section one, and then it says six, uh, eligibility. Apparently that was an amendment to a previous bylaw somehow rather. And so I'm looking at 6B, part one, and part two. That section has become 9A. So I don't know if anything's been lost in the, because that's where it talks about non-residents and sort of a grandfathering thing. If you look at that, um, it, the way I read that is, um, there's a grandfathering clause. So if you currently have someone who's on the board that is a non-resident, they will stay that way. And they don't have to have any connections to the town at all. They could have been just appointed. That's what it looks like. And they would only stay on if um, if we have enough members, then um, then clause two kicks into play. That's how I kind of read it. So, and I believe I all our all members right now have a connection. Yeah, absolutely. There's nobody that's going to go with right now. So it kind of like makes clause one redundant or. So, Mr. Mayor, I move for second reading of bylaw 1970, the MPC bylaw as amended. All in favor? Opposed? Okay. Uh, next, uh, if you want to go for unanimous reading, uh, because we need a motion to do that, but I'll vote against it, so I don't know if you want to waste your time. Okay, so what does that mean? We just go down third reading. <coughs> we do it uh, next. <coughs> 
Thanks, Mary. But we not have to provide direction, otherwise wouldn't the bylaw just come back the way it is? Yeah. Correct. Well, so, so if you're if that's the case, then wouldn't we need a motion to direct administration to make the change? Not necessarily. <coughs> if it comes back next week, we just vote on it. Oh, okay. That gives me that gives me a whole week to lobby against it. <laughs> 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 we'll uh, move on to bylaw 1989. <laughs> Residential solid waste collection. I've got an H here and disposal bylaw. I don't think that H was supposed to be there, was it? That's correct. Your worship should be pod H. No H. Should be what? There should be no H there, your worship. Okay. It would just be uh, solid waste disposal by law. Okay. So uh, the main reason that uh, we're looking at rescinding the existing bylaw and replacing, which would be bylaw 1965, and replacing that with uh, bylaw 1989 would be. Uh, when we decide to move to the automated system with the, the carts, uh, instead of having uh, owner-provided bins, uh, it kind of mandated that we needed to have some changes within the bylaw to reflect moving to that automated system. So that was the primary purpose of uh, amending this bylaw, and the second would be also we wanted to revisit uh, the penalties uh, for uh, not complying with the bylaw as well. So those are included in here. So what I've done with the, uh, the new bylaw is just kind of draft that up in the new bylaw, but I've also highlighted the sections in there uh, which are changing, which are uh, <coughs> provided in red text, and then those would be removed once the, the bylaw is adopted. So the first change would be into the definitions under 2.3, uh, where we're adding the definition for a garbage cart and amending uh, the text of a garbage container, meaning an approved container provided by the town of Peace River. So this uh, takes away the provision for the, own, uh, the resident from having to provide uh, their own bins and using strictly the automated bins provided by the town. The next uh, amendment is uh, 3.11.1, which is on page uh, 28 of 53, or page 5 of 11 of the bylaw. It is amended to read additional refuse containers acceptable to the sanitary inspector to store the refuse generated at the premises during the period between refuse collections. <coughs> and this was just to reflect that we still want residents to contain their garbage between collections if they have more refuse than they could provide inside of the, the containers that they have to provide a means of storing that refuse uh, beyond the, the container that was provided by the town. Uh, 3.11.2 is mandatory replacement of the provided 
of the provided refuse containers if the sanitary inspectors of the opinion that the current provided refuse container in such condition of despair as to prevent the collection of refuse. Provided refuse containers that are no longer functional due to normal wear and tear will be, will be replaced by the town. Uh, provided refuse containers that are no longer functional due to abuse or damage by the resident will be replaced by the town and billed to the resident at the current replacement cost value. So this uh, handles the fact if the container is damaged either through normal wear and tear or by abuse by the resident. On page 711, we have the next amendment under 5.2, which would be deleted uh, entirely. So, uh, that's your way of 311, 3.11.3. Uh, I know you didn't put the red in there, but I think that's an Oh, that's correct. Is that to read? Uh, refuse containers that contain additional waste in addition to the refuse container provided by the town are in such disrepair that cannot be securely sealed to contain the refuse shall be deemed in a state of disrepair that requires the refuse container to be replaced. So this just gives us the ability to control any waste that's not contained properly that uh, it's not going to collect all over an alleyway or work through adjacent residence property that's in proper security. So uh, 311.1, 311.2, and 311.3, would they not be Better served by making them par paragraph A, B, and C respectively. We could, Your Worship, it would be uh, just a, a numbering or a formatting issue at that point. So, but I have no issues with going to A, B, and C. Although I see that was a format used for 4.2, I guess. <coughs> yeah. Yes. But on the whole, if uh, council wishes the formatting to change, that's that's something that we could adapt it. So we get like that whole thing. I don't understand the, the intent of that. Like, are we going to dictate what town residents put their waste in? Like, I think we should only care if they put it out to be picked up. Yeah. If I want to take. Have a garbage bin, one of the ones I have now that's going to be surplus, and I want to put refuse in it. I should be able to do that. I'm not sure that the way this is written, I would be allowed to do that. Or potentially, you know, if we had a supervision bylaw officer, he could come around and start questioning it. Like, like the intent was twofold. One was to uh, address the provided bin, whether it was damaged or needed to be replaced, either by normal wear and tear or through abuse. So that was the, fir the first intent by that section. The second section was basically looking at between collections where a resident is storing his waste in his yard that he has to be able to contain that in an acceptable container. Whether it be bagged or within a receptacle, he should be controlling that waste so it's not... But someplace in there, there's a said he, he couldn't put in a cardboard box. And I go, why should the town care if I want to put my refuge in a cardboard box and sit it by my back step until I transfer it over to... Like, I, I don't understand. If the tent is that we want it to be contained so it's not going to blow around or whatever, mm -hmm. then I think we should state that. All it says is it has to be acceptable to the sanitary inspector. 
So as long as your garbage isn't floating around the street, he's going to be okay with it, whether it's in a box or a plastic container with a lid. I, you know, I understand that, and you're making the assumption that these inspectors are always reasonable. Mm -hmm. and I, well, <laughs> no, but I mean, that's one of the ways sometimes municipalities will get compliance. You can't comply with a specific ordinance, so you will start, you know, picking on someone on other stuff. You know, just to get at get back at the other thing, and I just I don't think you know I'm not personally comfortable with with a, you know setting up that that could happen in the future. Like to me, it has to deal with the issues that are are before them. You know, that we're not going to get in and start you know dictating what people do on their on their own property. I just I don't agree with that. We had the same discussion when the uh, when the garbage bylaw had gone through before, and I was very adamant myself that your garbage is stored in a garbage container or a waste container that is approved that has a lid on it. And we have these so-called smart box birds that are around that if you want to leave your cardboard or your garbage or your waste in a cardboard box, it's probably going to end up all over your neighbor's property. So hence garbage can so the birds can't get in and scatter or the animals can't scatter it everywhere. Well, then it should state that it has to be in a, in a sealed container, a cold container, and meet a carver box or whatever else. I, I just, I mean, it's maybe a, you know, a negative point, but I, I just, I have an issue where when we start dictating what residents can do on their own, on their own property. Well, and I think the fact that it's open to interpretation as to what, like, I think it's vague. It just says acceptable to the sanitary inspector that could change by inspector that could change there's a lot of variables there that i think leave it open i'm with rod on this one it leaves it too open to interpretation well i don't think the sanitary inspector would be that unreasonable will she well i this is like 12, this is like seven people trying to write a letter. I don't know if we're going to spend all night going through this, but I haven't even come to my ideas yet. And, and so so on, on this particular one, I would instead of acceptable to the sanitary inspector, like, why don't we just go back to the old language that says that that, that receptacle needs to have a, have a lid on it. And if I choose to store it by my back step, if I choose to store it by my garage, or I choose to store it somewhere else, it doesn't matter. All we're saying is it's got to have a lid on it. And, and a cardboard box, if it's got a lid on it, I guess it's acceptable. So, Doesn't 3.2 speak to the lid business? The refuse container, we've got... I, isn't that defined earlier on? So that means that it's one of the town approved or town supplied uh, parts. Go okay. back to the definitions. Yeah, the definition actually does, sorry, uh, the definition uh, 2.1.5 uh, is mandatory refuse container means garbage crime approved and provided by the town piece for, for residential waste. So when you go back to the one where some councillors are concerned, the refuse container is the one that we supply. So it's nothing else other than that. And that is for, some people feel they can have more than one container uh, because they produce a lot more garbage, so therefore we will provide a second one, but they'll have to pay for that second one. We'll pay an extra charge on that. 
and they shouldn't be stored in anything other than those uh, containers to physically be removed. But I guess that's my point. I think there's a difference between collecting and storing waste on your property or refuse on your property versus putting putting at the at the curb or in the alley to be picked up. And it gets further confusing as to the one I get free and the one that I may or may not choose to buy an extra one. So I think this just needs some work. But later but on, I, it all I, I, <laughs> okay. So it, this needs work, but we'll need to go through it today because uh, October twentieth is the rollout date for the uh, for the automated bins. So we, so we're go, we're going to have to spend the time and go through it because uh, if it comes to next, do we have a meeting next week? No. We have a meeting on October twentieth. Yeah, twenty fourth. The twenty fourth, the next council worship. <laughs> I, mean, well, I, I I think no. to, to jump ahead to Mr. McQuaid's presentation, I, I I think where I have trouble with the bylaw is that to me the, the bylaw needs to to, to and I'm, I'm down into uh, 5.7 as an example but i think the bylaw needs to clearly say that the new bin is your limit like, like we've got a new 64 gallon container that'll accept 240 pounds now i don't think we want to let people put 240 pounds in it i guess if they can Stick 64 gallons in it, so it'll be it. But I think the bylaw needs to say that's your household limit. You can fill it up too, and and nowhere in this bylaw does it say what the, this. A lot of this language in here talks about extra bags and stuff that you're putting out there, but I didn't see a limit in here as to what that container. So if council will remember that container was at the back of the room and it was big enough that any one of us could crawl inside of it and close the lid. So to me, this thing should start off by saying, dear resident, this is your new limit. You can fill that thing right to the top every seven days and we'll pick it up for you. And the weight that is, and then put a weight on it. And I don't see that in here anywhere. Uh, and then all this other stuff about bags and storage and like it seems secondary to the primary focus. I think like, did I miss it? Did somebody did somebody read in here where that we have a new bag? We we have an old tote that's going to be delivered to your house, and the limit is 64 gallons. It's huge. 240 pounds is what that thing will hold. Now again, I I don't know what Green for Life wants for a limit on that thing, but hopefully it's not 240 pounds. So to me, this bylaw should should talk about that first. And then all this other stuff about second bags or another container or I store it here or I store it there is 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 important. But I, I think we're missing the premise or the, the key key point in here. But if someone wants to put out your doing a renovation, you've got a bunch of extra waste, why wouldn't we allow people to buy the oh. tags and put out I, the, No, I I, I I agree and and I and I'm just saying that if we make that limit 240 pounds, pardon my English, but that's a hell of a pile of garbage. 240 pounds? Like, how much more garbage can you create? And yes, you can buy a bag if you want. My Scottish heritage, I would likely hang on to it 
for the next week when I didn't have so much and put it out there. So, anyway, I, I just found this very confusing, to be quite honest. And, and specifically, it's 5.7 is where I fall off the rails, but it ties back into the stuff that we're having now. But so, Mr. Mayor, maybe though we could carry on in a kind of a... Well, we can certainly keep going with Mr. McLeod's presentation. I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's... Um, no worries. Uh, but I guess something going through those points, 311, 1, 2, and 3, uh, within those, I would still would like uh, some direction back on the ability to control waste other than that is provided in the approved refuse bin, the, the approved cart versus, you know, because we won't want to be able to give the bylaw officers some teeth that, you know, if he's noticing a resident isn't controlling the garbage within his property, in whichever container that the resident chooses to do it with, that he's got some ability to say, no, Mr. Resident, you have to contain your garbage. So, and that's that's where I was trying to go with, and, and yes, it, uh, as approved by the sanitary inspector, was vague, but it was made vague for a reason, so that it allowed the, the sanitary inspector for the bylaw officer some latitude in determining what was an approved container. Because it, it you're right, it could be anything. It could be a cardboard box, it could be bag, it could be anything. But I, I guess to the point where in the definitions we should have a definition in there for uh, other refuse container. So it doesn't get confused with the approved refuse container. But shouldn't we just try to deal with the behavior we're trying to correct rather than try to dictate how to do it? Like if the issue is we don't want people putting stuff, like Council Ford mentioned, in the, just in an open container that the Ravens can get, well then that's a littering thing, right? And then, then we would deal with it under that, with that, that tool rather than under under waste management. Well, but this is the, the tool that we have to control on. Well, the same thing would apply then, too, is if, if a, a resident has more garbage than that container will hold and buying an extra bag. Like there again, I've always been against having a plastic bag sitting on the, on the sidewalk for the birds to tear into and spread all over the place. Um, if I remember going back to uh, Councillor Needham's comments, if I remember the presentation from Green for Life, um, it doesn't matter that there was no bag limits. You, if the resident wanted to use their plastic grocery bags and fill the thing with 300 of them full of garbage, just as long as that lid closed, that was your limit. And from what I understood from that presentation, that arm that comes out and grabs that thing really doesn't have a weight issue. So I tend, I tend to agree with Councillor Anino on that. But as far as the uh, even storing your garbage, and I'll give you a good example. I walked out of my front door this, this evening um, to come to council, and my roommate put a garbage bag on my front step. Well, chances are I'm going to be picking up garbage when I go home because he didn't put it in the darn garbage can, which I have on my front step. So I, I still think that even between, even between pickups, 
hospitals that got refuge should be stored in a container or an approved container with a lid? I think just adding with a lid is fine. I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's vague for a reason. But then one day, if he considers something fine and the next day he doesn't, then we're going to have residents who are like, well, but my neighbor did this. How come he was okay and I'm not? So, I mean, we have to have some parameters there that say it has to have a lid on it or, you know, I think that's a pretty easy, I don't know, maybe I'm simplifying this, but I think that's a pretty easy way to fix this issue. And so if, sorry for interrupting. So I, I guess I'm, that, that makes sense to me and maybe it's my tin brain and I would also go further and say, right in the bylaw that these containers cannot be put at the curbside. Like, let's be clear that these are things for, so on garbage day, don't be putting those containers out, expecting somebody to pick them up. And when I first read this, it, I could see people reading this and then thinking, well, they'll just take that home hardware garbage can and put it that they've been storing garbage in and then take it to the curb. Well, we're not going to pick it up. So, we could clean, clean the language up to say that it. You, you actually think someone's going to read this besides us? So. <laughs> you make a good point. Maybe we're. So, my, my impression of this was that um, you have the, the correct town bin, and then you have an extra bag, which you sit beside the bin with the extra tag on it, and everything's kosher. But I was, I, when we get to it, I'll have a question about the distance part description on that. So am I incorrect in the way I'm reading that? You could have your proper bin, and on garbage day, here's the extra bag sitting there. As long as it's a meter away from the original bin, because the, the town provided bin is the one that will be picked up automatically. It's my understanding from GFL that they will hand pick up the other bags. Okay, so when we get to that, maybe we'll clarify the distance description. Yeah. I'm just wondering, Council, if this would make it a little easier for clarification, and, and maybe I'm wrong. If we go to 311.1, if we just delete that one completely, with the assumption that you're only allowed your one bin, that's it. You get your one bin, sort of like what Council Needham was talking about. If you have extra garbage you should be keeping in your house or your garage or whatever it is, shouldn't be out on the, the place or if it is out on your property and it gets ripped open then our bylaw enforcement officer comes around and they'll give you a ticket because you better stall over the place you haven't contained it and then you go to section 5.7 knowing that pre 11.1 has been deleted and then you delete everything after the word uh, approved great uh, refuge container on page 7 so you don't even talk about it any other bags or anything else, it's just gone. And then 5.8, probably tag, had, uh, that might have to be probably deleted too. That's, sorry, yeah, that, that's if uh, we've interrupted the, or I've in, interrupted the poor engineers so many times now, and definitely off this Christmas list. But yes, my 5.7, uh, my, my notes to myself were, that this contains two thoughts. The first sentence should be, the 5.7, which is exactly what has been stated. So uh, uh, the approved refuse container. Uh, so I'm reading the, I'm, I'm reading 5.7. I'm reading the first sentence, and then the second sentence should talk about the weight 
that can go in that container, the approved refuse container. Now, is somebody going to weigh that? I, I, I doubt it. And, and, and do we care? Why does the weight matter? I, I. We were told the, the, only, the only reason I'm asking about the weight is because now we get into the next paragraph where he talks about all these bags and all these limits. So it, it doesn't matter to me. As far as I'm concerned, it'd be 240 pounds. And if it's 240 pounds, what the heck is resident doing putting those bags with more garbage in it? Because I, I can't imagine anybody generating that much garbage. And anyway, it, it doesn't need to be stated as long as Green for Life is okay with that because they're the ones that specified the limits on the bags, right? And so my question to Green for Life would be, if you got a limit on your container, it's, it's built for 240 pounds. But the, the difference is that the automated lift was on the provided container and you're, what you're looking at for restrictions in bag is more uh, what a person can actually lie in the requirements on the I, bag. Okay, fair enough. That's, I understand that. That makes perfect sense to me. So I'm still of the mindset that we need some provisions <coughs> for the occasional instance such as the fall when people were cleaning up and they happened to have missed the week where we had our, our thing at the, the cleanup. Um, sometimes there is a need for extra garbage. And yes, you could save it for another month or another week or something to maybe get rid of it, but uh, maybe not. If you have a big family with lots of people in it, it doesn't necessarily fit in one thing all the time. So I would still like a provision for extra bag something i would i would tend to agree with that just as long as that like this uh 5.7 where you have all the extra bags and all i'm still myself i'm still very adamant that we don't need all of those extra bags and all that we have the one container one container should be enough however from what deputy mayor manzer is mentioning there could be provisions within the bylaw to allow you to put your grass in a bag or your raked leaves in a bag and leave outside because your well, birds aren't going to chew into that. Try to so it, we have to have a mechanism for placing that beside the provided bin and tagging it appropriately, correct? So at that point, it doesn't matter what's actually inside. Or do we, we could define that that the only acceptable alternative bagging is for just for uh like lawn cuttings or leaf leaves or what have you that, that's the way i would like to see my personally i would like to see it any household garbage should be contained within the container but by provided by the town it should not be sitting in a bag on the, on the sidewalk so, as further to deputy manager's request so i think the bylaw does make that option uh, available. So I, I think I think what she's asking for is clearly in in here. And at least I my interpretation is that it's it's fine. Did you work with GFL on this bylaw, Mr. McQuaid? I did I went back and clarified, you know, what they were picking up and 
uh, distances around the bins. Okay, I understand that, but did you just ask them? I'm just wondering if we're just reinventing the wheel. Uh, if they have a, uh, a model of garbage bylaw that they could give us that would. Because we're, we're obviously taking our own bylaw and we're trying to add and insert stuff that meets this modern automated automated pickup technique, right? Uh, I've provided a copy of this bylaw to them for comment. Oh, yeah. So that was, that was done about a week and a half years ago. And they didn't get back to you? No. Um, I just so. have a question about 5-9. Um, there seems to be a lot of knots in that, like in OTs, in that paragraph, which to me makes it harder to read than stating it in more in a positive way. I would rather that it, the refuge collector will only remove any additional bag refuge that is properly tagged and placed more than one meter from the approved refuge container and i don't more than one meter does that then lead into the minimum um, more than a minimum of one meter like he says it has to be more than a meter did you not a minimum one meter. yeah the minimum and what's the maximum like to me i think we need to specify that if i want to set my garbage out can i put the bin out on the front left side of the lot and put the uh, the bag on the other side i don't think so don't we want why to... would you do that because <laughs> some people just want to be jerks if you get ticked off of the garbage man you know our guys are going to do that and if the bylaw allows them to do yeah. that it's going to be yeah. then then it will be sitting there when you get home it was strictly worded from the standpoint to enforce that there was a clearance area both for the truck to pull up and reach out with the arm and grab the receptacle. So your worship, uh, Councilor Needham has one further question or should we let the engineer, should we let the engineer go back to his presentation? What, how would you like to proceed? Go ahead. So uh, 5.2. This is easy. This is an easy one, and it goes to this pickup. So 5.2, I'm fine because it's deleting the, the section about back alley or lane pickup. Yes. That makes perfect sense. Drop down to read 5.3. 5.3 now says that your garbage is going to be picked up on the street. Uh, that's my interpretation of that. So I would suggest that 5.3 read. Uh, I'm reading the. Down one, two, three, about the four sentence. So five point three about the four sentence, and located on the street or alley serving their premise. I think you need to add the word back alley. The GFL was adamant they will not be picking up an alleys. I wouldn't have voted for it if I'd known that was a thing. When we talked about it, they were said they could do the alleys. I wouldn't have voted for one. Yes, I, was, yes. I was clearly under the impression they were going to pick up in the back. Yes. Some parts of town, that's the only one. They off. told me last time was they were only picking up on street sides, but they were not servicing alleys because their truck could not go through the alleys. I would have voted for it if that, if that when we the voted well that way, if that was the case. Okay, so the vote would have been six to one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 okay, that, that clarifies that. That 
that's news to me. I was clearly under the impression that that, that in some streets, but it, it makes no difference to me. Uh, if that's the case, then I will give that a check mark and I'll move on. Um, I'm wondering if we could just say the garbage shall be picked up as per the code of practice, and then we'll get Mr. Uh, our communications officer, Mr. Dietrich, to write a uh, common, a plain English language version of garbage pile. <laughs> we can describe all of this without having to put in knots and that sort of thing. But we do have a version that Mr. Dietrich has been working on to that effect. And I'm sure that's what people will read as opposed to this bylaw. Okay, anything else for Mr. McQuaid? I have a couple other questions, Worship. There's nothing in the bylaw how long prior to garbage day people can set their bin out or how long after to be there. I don't know if anyone's driven around. I think some committees that have bins. You know, their garbage days Wednesday and Friday is still sitting there. I think but there needs to be something in there. And if people aren't going to be home, they need to make an arrangement with someone to pick up so we don't have garbage bins sitting all over town the whole time. Because Grimshaw had to uh, amend their bylaw to get people to take it off the curb. Okay. Uh, we do note that the bin has to be there at 7 a.m. on the day of pickup. But you're right, we do not have anything when it has to be recovered back. Well, but then we can I, if I'm going to be away, say garbage day's Friday, I'm going to be away on Friday all week. Can I set it up Sunday night? And so it's sitting there for five days. I don't think we want that to happen. Okay. Uh, uh, you should be okay because garbage pickup will be Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Okay. Well, then I can change around, so I'm going to be gone. <laughs> Thursdays will be the second day. And I'd like it clarified in terms of the the bags. I agree that there has to be clearance there, but I think it should be the bags be within a certain distance, so more than a meter and less than five meters from the from the bag, just so it's clear where people are putting their waste. Um, Five point seven. It talks about um, the red, the waste going in the bin, but it, I think it should include that the the bin lid needs to close, like you can't stick a you know 10 foot pole and have it sticking out of the out of thing it's in the thing there but needs the lid needs to close or people can't overfill it so they've got bags you know two or three high you know they're still in the bin but not going in um in schedule a uh, you talk about um the cost for uh, multifamily, you know fourplex that kind of stuff i guess it is the expectation there that even though a, a unit is vacant, the landlord will still pay, or is it only when this, they're, they're they're all filled, or do we care? I I don't know what the provisions are now. I would assume that if someone has a you know a fourplex and two of them are vacant, they would only be paying for uh, residential waste pickup. For the I two. don't think we should care on that business because it's up to the landlord, and it's the same thing of a house is usually a rental, and it's vacant then what i i pay on my rental houses if they're vacant i pay the utility costs yeah. whether there's something on, in there or not on all the north piece housing stuff we pay with it occupied or not well and then it's just i would think it'd become an administrative nightmare trying to determine who's vacant and who's not and who owes and who doesn't like it's got to be a, and how else do we cost this because their vacancy rate then would determine our charge per household so we just needed to charge it per household okay. 
Section 4.2.5 actually um, refers to your issue about the lids. Ensure that all covers or lids on the refuse containers are securely over the mouth of the refuse container at all times, except when you're putting in the one that are emptying it. I think that covers that one with bowls and yeah. And then the clause two two five two one five. I think that's redundant, but I'm not sure why it's in there. I was wondering whether there was I think again a two point fifteen. Yeah. Isn't that our definition? For that's that old, no, it's up. There's another definition very similar up above. Yeah. 2.3 and 2.4 are also definitions. So I, I think the more definitions you put in there, the more confusing it would be for anyone that does try to read it. Like, I don't think 2.15 adds anything. It's amended to read refuse container means garbage cart approved and provided by the town of server. That one? Yeah. If you take straight that out, 2.3 or 2.4 talks about a garbage container provided by counter. Take, if you want that additional text, move that up to 2.3, 2.4, and eliminate 2.15. Well, they could probably combine 2.3, 2.4, and 2.15. Just combine them into one definition. Right. The problem is that you make use of refuse container in the, in the text. Now you're gonna, but anyhow, yeah, well you're gonna have to do some of the definitions I guess. You'll have to, uh, yeah, you got garbage container or refuse container. Yeah. Make sure that they refer back to each other, but within the same definition. Um, Mr. Mayor, I have one question about 6.3, voluntary payments. Um, it says voluntary payment shall be made within 10 working days of the date of issue of the violation ticket. Um, my question is, does that 10 days make sense in terms of our mail service? You mean that the letter has to go to Grand Prairie and Edmonton and then back again? I, I'm just really questioning whether it makes sense. So. Russian, uh, ticket wouldn't, your, sorry, your ticket wouldn't come to you in the mail by law, so it would be giving it to you. Yeah, you can't so, <laughs> you're anyways, the date of issue is the ten day. It's ten days from date of issue. So if it's issued on October one, by October ten, I should have paid it. He should have caught up to me, even if I'm not around. And uh, is that what you're thinking, Mr. Ford? I would. I would be thinking that uh, like if, if you're going to get a ticket. And maybe uh, Mr. Harris could comment on it, but uh, let's say if uh, by law enforcement goes and gives a homeowner a ticket now, where, where does that ticket go? On their front door? Yeah, he'll try and make uh, contact with the homeowner, and if, if unable to make contact, then he will leave it on the front door. They'll take it hang up as long as the front door not. So in other words, the, uh, the ticket wouldn't actually be mailed? To the homeowner, but the bylaw officer would make a 
attempts to contact everyone. Yes. So essentially, there's two weeks and it's 10 working days, I guess, in reading this. So I, I just still have the question, is 10 working days sufficient or reasonable? Yeah, because uh, you, if you make your payment by mail, the date that you made the, made the payment is the date that's postmarked on this, on the letter. As long as I get it, as long as I get it within the 10 days of the issue, I guess. We're, so it's not 10 days of issue, it's not 10 days of me actually getting it. Why, why do we call that a voluntary payment, by the way? <laughs> if you must pay it within 10 days, it's not voluntary. You can voluntarily not, not pay it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying why you use that term. It's uh, not defined. You don't define voluntary payment. So to me, why would you just say payment? We hadn't, uh, we hadn't looked at, that was the text that was in there from the previous bylaw. Right. So. <laughs> So um, we've written quite a few notes on this. Uh, what we'll do is we'll pull this bylaw. We will bring it back. We'll either have to call a special council meeting or we'll delay the rollout. No, I think you can do the rollout because besides the seven or ten people that are around this table, no one's going to read this bylaw. You roll it out. We are. Um, Mr. Dietrich will put a... Uh, Plain English language note out. I think you've already started the, uh, the communication on it. We'll get the automated bylaw stuff up and running. I mean the automated garbage pickup up and running, and uh, and then we will uh, bring in this new bylaw shortly thereafter. You just can't do it uh, one last uh, question for uh, Mary Council is uh, on penalties with the amended penalties as proposed. Is there any questions on those? Because we felt that previous penalties were fairly light and not providing sufficient deterrent. So we've looked at, you know, first offense of $250, the second offense $500. And the third offense is a thousand dollars. Um, what were they previously? Were those fifty or a hundred? Yeah, fifty, a hundred. I guess my only concern is 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 the reason that they don't have an approved container because they can't afford an approved container, and if they can't afford an approved container, can they afford a two hundred fifty dollar fine? Is it going to become a collections nightmare? Well, providing the approved container. Um, well, depends because we're also talking about an approved container for storage. That's in your backyard, though. Still subject to a fine. It was not approved. Well, I think there has to be some deterrent from preventing people from not controlling their garbage. And whether that be in their backyards or if so they find that they don't have sufficient space for their trash within their receptacle, just do we know that people who have been fined have done it again and been fined subsequently? That, 
Sorry, counselors. If you read 6.1, it says, where any person is alleged to have breached any of the provisions of the bylaw, the town may serve upon such person a written notice in the form of violation ticket. So it doesn't necessarily say that we will do it. We have that ability to do that. So if we come upon someone that maybe is impoverished and has some issues, we will use more um, a conciliatory type work. Yeah, again, there I have a bit of an issue though with it being discretionary. Like we're saying a first offense is $250. What I'd like to know is at the rates we've gotten, if we've issued a ticket for an offense, has it happened again at that same one or, or was it fixed? Because if it was fixed and we haven't issued another ticket, we haven't had an issue, then I would say the deterrent was successful. But if we don't know that and we're saying, we've gone to this house six times and we've given them six tickets at $50, so clearly it's not a deterrent. Well then yeah, we need to up that. but. If it's working and we're not getting repeat offenses once a fine's been issued, then why would we quadruple or or what, I can't remember if it was fifty or hundred dollars, but why would we increase it? Yeah. We'll get that information. In. We'll have that. Okay. Could we use that to get at these absentee landlords that are aren't doing anything? If you create some draconian measures around waste that you can use to get back on the highway. I'm not suggesting we do it, but that would be one option. Well, I, I, I think the, the, the point that's being made is that these are tools in the toolbox. You may or may not use them. Um, I agree they're high. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just tools from the art discretionary. But I mean, I guess, it, I, I guess what I worry is if it's going to be discretionary, it opens us up to. Well, interpretation, but also somebody saying, my neighbor didn't get a ticket, and I did, why didn't, why did they not? You know, like, I just, I think if we're going to put a violation in here, we're going to put a violation in here, and we're going to have to enforce it, otherwise, what's the point of having a violation? If we're not, if we were at the, if, you know, we, we might decide that they, you know, our bylaw officer's having a bad day, and he decides to give a ticket, like, I'm just saying, it's, it's a little too willy-nilly, and especially at that price, like, well, I'd be the last time, The last time we did the, uh, the the bylaw and those whatever fines that were in there, I know um, that, from what I heard, administration did a lot of work as far as working through with residents about learning how to recycle and and learning about the, about the garbage bylaw, and they didn't necessarily start slapping fines right off the rollout. Maybe there could be a, uh, a discretionary period that administration can work with the residents um, as far as the bylaw, and then the, the fine aspect of it could come in to play maybe six months later. Like I said, the intent for this is not uh, for the normal resident that has you know, a minor infraction. Usually uh, what would happen is the bylaw officer is gonna provide some sort of a warning at that point. This is more directed at the people that are fairly uh, blatant and just throwing their trash wherever they want because they see that there is no deterrent for them to not to do so. I'd be inclined then to have your the price jack up on the second offense, not so much on the first offense. Because the first offense is basically your warning. Your second offense is really like, hey, you're, you're seriously not changing your patterns. Mm -hmm. The behavior now, it's going to hurt. So 
But I mean, I guess that that first one at two hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, that would that what? would pinch me. How how is this different from from a police officer stopping you for speeding and giving you a verbal warning versus giving you a three hundred and fifty dollar ticket? There's no, there's none. Right. But I so, mean, you're going to go to court. You may decide that you're going to argue that. I don't know. All I'm saying is, is I don't control that, but I do control this. Yeah, but but the argument that hey, you let my number <coughs> off with a verbal warning, that isn't a, that isn't a difference. No, that's fine. But I don't control that. I do control this. Well, don't you think we need? Well, I would. I first of all, what about the administrative cost to write a ticket? So we've got a guy walking out there. Uh, ticketing, so on and so forth. He, if he's going to issue a ticket, the ticket should be should be commensurate with the, the time and effort that we the cost for us to process the ticket. So if it's two hundred two to me, two hundred fifty dollars is is probably is, is probably uh, a wash in terms of the. Uh, Getting the guy out there, having him issue the ticket. Is that not what we pay him to do? That isn't the only thing that we pay him to do, but. Is that not part of what his job is, though? Is that not what part of his job is, is to issue tickets and enforce bylaws? Well, and then, and so we need to, we need to have the fines commensurate with the, uh, with the cost of employing a bylaw officer. And I guess my my uh, my comment on that would be what what is the fine on uh, town of Grimshaw? What's the fine in the city of Edmonton for these? I think it's because certainly if we want to move towards a regional government, we should try to be consistent. Just to add to that, the hype is perhaps someone uh, our chief Tim might know uh, Highway Traffic Act. What's the fine for littering on a provincial highway? Uh, last, last time I remember seeing a, a sign going up on one of our provincial highways is a, was a $250 ticket. And then Peace River Waste Management uh, over in Three Creeks, they have a fairly hefty uh, fine schedule. I, I'm not sure if it's up to the $1,000, but certainly uh, all of those have to be tarped. Uh, when they deliver it, so they certainly use this as a tool. And I, from experience, I can tell you that there was some first offenses, but I don't think there's too many second offenses anymore. So I, I think um, I, I think it does work. Um, and like I said, the, the amount needs to the, the amount needs to show some cost recovery. That's for sure. So I, I'm confused, uh, Your Worship. So what are we doing with this? Um, I, I, I agree with. The premise that uh, that we need to roll this program out. I, when I read this bylaw, I, it, it's the, the the points I made, and I think others. I don't think should hold up the pickup of garbage in town or the spirit of what we're trying to do. To me, the key part is tell people that the new limit is. I thought it was black. Are you, trying to, are you telling me it's orange or is it black? The, the new black bin in front of your yard is now the limit. That's the key. The stuff about bags. Um, you know, again, I, I think if, if we get a slick communication, I can guarantee you that this stuff will be on Facebook about two minutes after this town council meeting ends, and that will be the best communication tool. And I agree, hardly anybody will ever read this. 
but there's a half a dozen key points that we should get out quickly. So I'm, I'm okay doing uh, first reading of this thing. Um, that would allow it to go ahead. We can do second and third readings later, would be my suggestion. Yeah. Oh, you want to do first reading on this? Well, I, I don't see, I, I'm okay reading, I'm okay doing first readings. Uh, we're still going to see it a second time. Uh, we'll see it a third time. And in the meantime, our communication uh, technician is going to develop the, the public program and we should be good. What about a subcommittee that can work with Mr. McQuaid rather than having him, him and Mr. Parker take little notes? Uh, the, uh, is there anybody uh, keen on uh, being part of a subcommittee to work with Mr. McQuaid? I'll, 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 sure, I'll, I'll volunteer. I'll, I'll, that's okay. what you want. But. Okay, so we've got two. Anybody else want to be on that? Mr. Ford and Ian Does Mr. Ford want to be on that? Okay, the uh, right hand side of, well, my right hand side. My right hand man will be part of it. <laughs> so, okay, well, so I have a question about uh, dates and whatnot. I'm, I'm hearing October 20th coming up as the rollout for this. So, tell me, does that mean that the garbage bins are going to be delivered in the next week or so? October 20th is when the earliest date that the bins will start to be delivered. Okay, so bin delivery starts October yes, we're 20th. We're trying to determine where the, the bins are in transit right now. We're just trying to determine with the, the transport company when they're actually showing up in our yard so we can start giving them out to the listeners. And when I talked to GFL last week, our plan was for the 20th to start delivering bins out to residents. Okay, so essentially it'll be the old way for the month of October. Essentially, because it's going to take us probably at least a week to get all the bins into the lessons. Okay, and um, the other thing, um, I think uh, to Mr. Needham's point about the collection not happening, happening in the alleyways, that we really need to emphasize that or give the people who have had it picked up in their alleys post something on their door or you know be proactive that way mr dietrich i think you have that covered in the communications associated with this rollout correct yep <laughs> and uh and can you talk about how it's going to be, how these bins are going to be rolled out? I understand where uh, GFL is sponsoring a local hockey team to deliver these. That bins. is something uh, in Mr. Weeks, who I've been uh, dealing with at GFL, was away uh, for a good portion of last week due to personal business, uh, due to loss of the family. So, they're supposed to be back in uh, tomorrow, and that was one of the questions, outstanding questions I have for him, is if uh, he did make su successful contact with the navigators 
to, to do that. Uh, I do have a backup plan in place in case he hasn't come through on that, then I'll utilize town staff uh, to get that delivery done. But essentially, uh, we'll be receiving the bins at the public works yard, and from there we'll be taking pallets of bins down to uh, streets and uh, put the wheels on down at the street locations and then wheel them to various residents on that point. I'd still like to see, like, I, like it really bothers me when we're told something and then they resent, like, we were told specifically that they, they would do it in the alley, and that's really why. I, I can go back to GFL and reconfirm that. Well, I, but if they can't get down the back alley, I, I don't know why we're making this. Uh, they take the, the waste trucks down the alley now, like, are, are the these trucks down Not with the arm, the side arm. Not with the arm. Yeah. It's based on that sidearm, they need that clearance to get it to. to I, I've known for uh, at least a couple of months. <coughs> well, I thought this came up in the discussion when we originally talked automated because then we were talking about people having to take them down their front curve or their front to the main street. And we talked specifically about Grimshaw when you drive to the hospital, how everybody there brings their garbage to the front. I remember the same conversation. I, I remember front street pickup. On that like our street is the alley is as wide as our street when you have cars parked there like so if they can't take it down the alley i'm not sure how the truck will make it down up our street well you have to give it one way of clearance on each street either side <laughs> well your back alley probably isn't too bad because it's only uh one set of houses on the back alley but the other alleys would be uh, difficult so okay well maybe there's still some uh, shake shakedown uh, that we need that will need to be done and I, I guess that might even argue for getting this bible out later to see what, what problems we might run into okay so uh, there won't be a motion out of this uh, there'll be an informal subcommittee Consisting of yourself, Mr. McQuaid, and Mr. Dita, Mr. Burr, and Mr. Ford, and uh, you'll uh, you'll try and uh, work out the kinks out of this, um, and also the formatting in terms of ABC versus paragraphs ABC versus. It should have the same formatting, I think, as our other bylaws. I don't know if our other bylaws are single. 6.1.1 uh, as a subsection to 6.1. Um, so we'll just leave that as uh, informal direction and uh, come back when you're ready and uh, we'll still proceed with the uh, rollout. So just to be rhetorical, so there's enough information on the table that we can prepare a communication program, right? We're all saying the same thing. Like we, we don't need a bylaw to develop a social media announcement. We definitely don't. Okay. I, my point is that the bylaw is largely secondary to the public announcement in this case, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, and I think you guys are totally right. The bylaw is a tool of enforcement later on for to ensure that the program goes ahead smoothly. Nobody will read the bylaw until they get a fine and then they'll go and read it to 
try and fight it, if that. Um, but the public communications piece, we've got very clear-cut directions from GFL on what the requirements are, so those will be going out in right. a flyer that's going to get mailed to everybody. So again, part of that is, you know, okay, so if we don't have a weight on the bin, that's fine. Uh, again, I'm surprised that GFL doesn't want to wait on there because we're trying to encourage recycling. If you put a big number on it, you're going to fill up the landfill, but so be it. Uh, I mean, that's one of those, those details. But I, I certainly wouldn't stress the fines. I, I would, and then the, the day of the week is the other thing that uh, needs to be, uh, be stressed as well. Well, the benefit of getting into the subcommittee, Mr. Needham, is you guys can just pick up the phone to Brian Weeks of GFL and ask them. Okay, I look forward to the meeting this Thursday at 9 o'clock. <laughs> that might be your time. Is that 9 o'clock? I heard 3.30. <laughs> Too late in the day. I'm at Heritage Towers that day. So are you guys. <laughs> So is that 900 hours or 2100 hours? 900 hours. Okay, I'll let you guys set, set the schedule. Okay, that, uh, so well, there isn't any unfinished business. Well, there will be a next meeting, I guess, by, the, by all accounts. That takes us to new business. Uh, this is Subdivision and the Development Appeal Board. Uh, there's a request for a decision, and I believe Mr. Town will be uh, leading the discussion on this one. Thank you, Your Worship. Just let me find the reporting here. So, what we're looking for is um, we're looking for council to approve um, membership for subdivision and um, appeal board members. Our current membership, um, we have three active community members and then council members. Um, all those memberships are lapsing. One of them actually has. Uh, another one will today. Um, and then December. And we have a, a fourth member who was part of the committee before but um, was never reinstated. Um, so we'd like to um, ask council to approve these four community members um, all have been on the committee before and we're actually going to need them for a subdivision appeal board meeting that will be held um, in the next month or so um, and this will get us um, um, fairly active membership again and, and able to call a quorum for um, any appeals that come up So, if I understand this, you want to renew the uh, you want to renew the appointments of Ms. Peggy Gardner, Mr. Keith Barney, Mr. Gordon Troop, and Mr. Terry Warnick. That's members at large of the subdivision of the appeal development appeal board. I think this is pretty straightforward. It's a requirement. It's a necessity. Can someone make a motion to? Adopt uh, administration's recommendation. I have one question, Your Worship. Okay. Do they require training? Like, do they have to be, like, I know that other fields for to be appointed, you have to have taken the training within a certain period of time? Is that um, no, for a subdivision development appeal board or um, this committee, you do not. Okay. There is um, not like the assessment appeal board, for example, where there's required training, um, but there is training that we 
um, we'll be offering at the staff level. Okay. I have one question, Your Worship. Uh, these four members, have they been approached to see if they still would like to remain on that committee? All of them have, yes. Um, one other question. So are, are you um, advocating that um, it's three years from when their uh, appointments ended or three years from today for all of them? It'd be three years from the time they were appointed. Okay. So it would all be three years from today. Okay, so I would move, Mr. Mayor, that uh, Peggy Gardner, Keith Barney, Gordon Troop, and Terry Warnia be appointed as members of large of the Subdivision and Development Appeal Board for three year terms. All in favor? item on the agenda is uh, is the fire chief appointment. Uh, Mr. Parker, would you be leading this? Uh, I will, Your Worship. Uh, uh, basically, uh, the issue is to adopt the fire chief uh, under uh, our bylaws. We have two bylaws, bylaw 1833 and uh, bylaw 1101. Um, states that uh, we have to uh, appoint the fire chief by a resolution of council. Uh, as you're aware, uh, Director Bushy, who was appointed as the fire chief, has resigned uh, his position with the town as of September 22nd. So therefore, uh, this just uh, fills our uh, requirements under the bylaw. We will be going out for um, uh, an actual, um, um, looking for a permanent fire chief. So we do need to appoint one right now. And, uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Tim Harris, who is the manager of protective services, uh, is um, the one that council would be, uh, or staff is recommending be appointed as the interim uh, uh, fire chief until a permanent chief is hired. Yes, Your Worship, I'd uh, like to put a motion on the table to appoint Mr. Tim Harris as the new fire chief. As per our bylaws 1101 and 1833, temporarily until a permanent chief can be desired. Okay. Is that, uh, I'm assuming that motion is was what you expected. All in favor? Unanimous decision. Um, there is a, a another RFD. This one is related to uh, mobile traffic services and, uh, and the extension of the contract or photo radar. That's uh, correct, Tom. So um, before council is. Um, a decision item that we'll have to get your um, your input on. So, as a quick background, back in 2014, um, Global signed an agreement with the town to provide uh, photo radar services within the town. 
Um, this contract or this agreement, it's basically a two-year agreement that can be extended for a four-year term, um, an additional four-year term. Um, so since services began in 2014, Council needs to provide direction um, before December of 2016 on um, whether they wish to extend the contract or not. Um, there's other information there regarding the, um, the program. There um, has been financial benefits to the program. Um, funds that have been generated to date is about 160000 projected to be just over 200000 by the end of this year um, to be used towards um, public safety initiatives, um, capital type stuff that um, um, haven't done any yet, but council could direct it towards, towards those project areas. Um, there's also been other discussions that um, we've been having at staff and, and other levels about um, potentially considering peace officer services that CEOs will be speaking on that. <coughs> um, so that's also a, a factor for for council to consider. Um, so basically there's there's two options around this to extend the contract or extend the agreement with Global. Um, again, you know, a couple advantages to that. Um, traffic enforcement continues done by a third party. Um, and, you know, fairly no generation of funds to be used for public safety initiatives. Um, disadvantages are around limited options for enforcement type programs. Um, and there's a little bit of public, well, there's public uh, opposition to, to uh, this type of uh, uh, service that, that we're utilizing. Um, the other option was not to extend the agreement with Global. Um, and again, um, that probably gives Council some optionality about considering police um, officer services, um, which would give improved uh, potential control in other bylaw enforcement areas. Um, you know, disadvantages around that would be potential loss of funds, depending on what a peace officer could do and in comparison or relationship to what Global does for the town. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to that. Um, based on, on staff's um, position on this and our advocacy towards peace officer services, um, our recommendation to council does not extend or um, enter into that four-year option with Global Traffic Group. I have a question. Um, in the background, you talked about the service was expanded to include rolling stops. Do you know who expanded that service? Who gave the directive to expand that service? The agreement, I believe, actually mentioned rolling stops within the agreement. So um, it was it was already contained within the original agreement. So why would it? So I guess uh, who made. I guess if it was in the agreement, why was it either not done the whole time or why was it implemented at a certain period of time? Mr. Parker, can you answer that? I believe that they were working on the technology for that right there. And uh, the discussion of moving forward with that uh, was held with Director Bushy and uh, the proponents uh, by the service global and the RCMP. 
um, that information never moved up. Because I can recall very vividly the discussions we had were around speeding and distracted driving, but not around, and I don't think the distracted driving on ever came into the play. It's not in play. They're still working on that technology. Okay. My understanding, they're still working on that technology. That has not been approved by the Attorney General at this point? That's what I guess My question is in terms of, uh, I understand the need, if you want to pursue these other options, we need to do that without this contract being renewed. So if it turns out through our discussions we decide we don't want to pursue the peace office route, we could just go back and put global to come back in, right? No, I would say yes. Okay. Right. You know, they would definitely So we're not closing the door by by not 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 extending the contract for four years. That's my belief. Thanks. I'd like to put a motion on the table then that the council not extend the four-year option under the existing agreement with local traffic groups limited. Um, Mr. Town, I just want to uh, <coughs> clarify something here. So, so the uh, the agreement with Global shows the final revenue between the town and Global. Um, it's actually. Uh, it's actually more the town, more than just the town and global. It's the town, uh, global, and the province of Alberta. Um, and is, is that is that not correct? And is is a certain amount of that problem, uh, money to the province of Alberta? Is that all victim services? Just the victim services fund, or does that go a portion of that go to? Uh, general revenue, the provincial government's general revenues. It's my understanding that part of that does go to the general revenue for um, holding uh, court services, and that is my understanding. And, and a portion of it does go to victim services. Okay. I just want to clarify that. So the motion on the table, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Burr is that uh, to accept administration's recommendation that council not extend the four-year option under the existing agreement with Global Traffic Group LTD. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, all in favor? Against? Okay. So one objection. Okay. Um, there is now a request for decision regarding peace officer services. Um, who is leading this discussion, Mr. Town or Mr. Clark? I'll be taking this one for sure. Um, so, administration has uh, been looking at the possibility of uh, expanding uh, enforcement services uh, <coughs> using peace officer services. Um, currently, the town has a bylaw officer, and of course, we had, uh, had uh, Global Traffic Group and the RCB provide enforcement protection services to the town. Uh, we've um, reviewed the value of having, you know, peace officer enforcement uh, services. Um, one of the advantages of having peace officer uh, enforcement services is they can deal not only just with uh, traffic and bylaw, but they can provide a, a variety of other programs such as party programs dealing with alcohol, drug, and use behind the wheel, bike rodeo, educating young people on the routes, uh, on the rules of the road, impaired driving presentations, 
mock collision disaster preparation, firearm safety courses, self-defense for women, outdoor education programs. Uh, they can assist in legislation, uh, firearms and ethics, uh, dog education enforcement programs, and dangerous goods and transportation programs. Um, staff basically, uh, we took a look at the costs, uh, and uh, we have a, a general approximate that uh, over one year period of cost, the town $33,100 uh, net costs. Uh, we're expecting that the total cost to be about $32,900, and we would expect that approximately uh, we, we receive uh, funding of approximately $99,800 um, based on a very um, conservative estimate of uh, citations being issued um, and ensuring that the peace officer is actually doing quite a bit of education training also in, in the community so it's not just a, a strict enforcement type program. So um, the staff has also looked at purchasing used and new vehicles uh, for this endeavor and equipment and uh, we have uh, brought up a list. Uh, the list if we would go new um, with all the items that uh, we, we need would be approximately $92,500 and if we would go used approximately $41,500. Uh, the town um, uh, has seen um, ads for uh, very good pieces of equipment that have been used um, and uh, we could uh, implement this uh, program fairly uh, quickly with the, the equipment that there's also a possibility uh, we have talked with our neighbors about peace officer services. Uh, right now we have two municipalities that we're in discussion with uh, providing that service. Um, nothing has been nailed down, but one of the things is we're looking at approaching and doing a collaboration grant if possible. And if that is the case, uh, we'd be looking at approximately $100,000 to uh, implement the peace officer service program at that point, which would definitely help out if um, we wanted to go that route um, with a, a grant. But if we didn't do a grant, um, basically the worst case scenario we're looking at is approximately about 30, just over $30,000 that we have the deficit uh, for running this program. Um, so we do have a couple of options here. Uh, option one to approve the Peace Officer Services for 2017. Um, the advantages, of course, is enhanced traffic and bylaw enforcement within the town, greater control of overall enforcement issues and potential cooperation with our existing uh, uh, police uh, services. Disadvantages depending on the council's decision and global, uh, there's a potential financial uh, cost and uh, financial implications approximately 33,100 in the 2017 operating year. Uh, that is if we were to get a uh, peace officer study at the beginning of the year. Um, advantages of not approving uh, basically uh, peace officer services depending on council's decision. Uh, we have limited enforcement options moving forward and uh, financial implications there would be uh, none right at this moment. So um, staff's recommendation basically is to uh, move forward and offer our staff to enact instituting the service in 2017 by applying for any available grant funding and purchasing required capital items into uh, an amount but not to exceed 95000 to be funded from the capital reserve. And, uh, that's uh, a recommendation from staff. Any questions? So in terms of um, the net would be negative, and um, should it ever become positive, um, is the intent that any of the fines um, that 
overage would be also put to the same usage as the ones for global? So that would be dependent upon uh, council, but uh, staff would recommend that. I'm just curious, but, but just to clarify, so any uh, violations that a peace officer issues, that revenue belongs to the town of Peace River, not victim services, not cover government. The, the majority does, approximately 85%. Right? So I, I'm not sure if that was the deputy's question or not, but the point is if we issue the ticket, 85% of that revenue is ours. Approximately. Okay. And who gets the other 15? Uh, that pr promises. You've always got their hand up. <laughs> So my question is, I mean, I see the potential downside of this is if the revenues aren't there. And then you set up the situation where you have a peace officer, like I've heard in several jurisdictions, where the peace officer you know, is hired and is told you need to generate X number of dollars of revenue if you're going to keep employed. So then we set ourselves up where it becomes what is the issue with global is the money, money grab. I'm just curious to know in the past couple of years, if you know how much our bylaw officers brought in. I, I know it's this is a whole different can of, can of worms because you're complying to it, but I just want a sense of what you know bylaw fines and objections have been in the last couple of years. It's nowhere near the 90,000, is it? No, not at all. That should be actually in the budget what the uh, what the what the bylaw enforcement officer fines are. Uh, we can probably go to previous years if not. Uh, the last year. Uh, right. there's a, there's you think I should be able to find it there? Well, I'm actually there looking at Mr. Town with his, uh, his Microsoft tablet, or perhaps it's an iPad. Uh, his fingers are dancing on the screen. What's the realistic target date that this could be up and running to, to be quite honest though one it, it there's a couple of uh, pieces of legislation uh, or a couple of pieces uh, that we have to do with province in order to get up and uh, approved for a peace officer we uh, we do have some of the approval so uh it will really totally depend on the province in that aspect the second issue is actually finding a, a particular individual um, what you're looking for is you're looking for an individual number one who wants to stay in the north and two doesn't want to become an RCMP officer or a police officer um, there, there are individuals like that that are out there. Um, um, so, finding an individual, I expect to find an individual for uh, January first. Uh, the equipment is the easy part. Um, we have that that equipment at the lower scale, and I've already found uh, some some piece of equipment, uh, a vehicle with um, 138,000 kilometers on it. Completely equipped. Uh, you just have to add the radio to it and uh, a GPS uh, if you wish the GPS onto it. And uh, it does have radar, has lights. Uh, you'll have to have uh, a new logo put on that has to be approved by the province also. Um, so conceivably, I would aim for January 1st. I'd say <coughs> most likely March 31st. Has Edmund had a chance to uh, also run this by the RCMP to see if there's any uh, considerations, overlaps, or Yes, issues? Uh, during this process we have talked with the RCMP about the advantages in, of, of having a peace officer, and, and they are in favor of having a peace officer if, we, if the town was to go that route. So, uh, Your Worship, if I could just come back to uh, 
um, the proposed budget wages and benefits. So I see $92,000 on there and take $20,000 off for benefits. So you're suggesting we can hire somebody for $70,000. So um, that's how I enter. So would the expectation be if you're hiring someone for X, well, let's, let's use 92.5, that that person comes with the Solicitor General's training and all the appropriate, so we're, we're not hiring, our advertisers not advertising for an FTE and we're going to pack you up and send you to Edmonton for six weeks to take Solicitor General training. We want you to bring some skills to the job and the skills are peace officer designation, is that the correct? Yeah. Okay. That is really the intent, we wouldn't be uh, training someone. Uh, so step we're up. not interested in that, we're interested in hiring someone. Okay, thank, thanks. And, and just finally, in that number that's in there, in your research, you think that's the right number to hire somebody? We're, we're, in, we're pretty close in that range. Okay. Worst case scenario, we, we might be five to $8,000 below, but we're, we're pretty close to that range. Now, uh, in Beaver Lodge, we, we, we did do that. We actually were able to 100% recruit, and it was within that range. And it was a gentleman who was actually trained, gentleman who loves the North, gentleman who's and still how there. long ago was that? Uh, that was uh, two years ago. And uh, but the individual has been in the North for the last twelve years. Yeah. So it, it, you're really looking at right now. Worst case scenario, you can't guarantee the person will want to stay. Um, uh, and, and that's the, the pitfalls of, of this. But. Um, if you offer a, a good benefit package, which the town does, and a comparative uh, competitive salary, and the individual likes the north, and you can eat those out individuals fairly quickly. So uh, you have a recommendation here to uh, that basically asks us to commit monies to the operating budget, and also, well, I, I guess the benefit of this the motion that you're uh, recommending is that you this will give you an opportunity to look for grant funding and I guess you're also looking for capital dollars to uh, to spend on uh, some hardware Correct. now if uh, if and my focus would be these capital items um, Let's say you purchase these capital items because they come up. Uh, they come up between now and January the first, and it's uh, what you think is a reasonable deal or a good deal. You pick them up, but yet we, when it comes to finding an individual that is well trained, so on and so forth, that you're not able to do that. Can we? Uh, how confident are you that we can put this stuff back up on eBay and sell it for the same amount of money we got it for? I, I'd be confident we'd sell it uh, fairly close to what we uh, purchased it for. Um, what I'll be purchasing, um, if, if anything, is that there is a vehicle that is up there that's fairly put. It's come at a very reasonable price. Um, I have purchased a vehicle from these, uh, um, this organization before. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very good organization, and uh, so um, 
I'm, I'm sure we could resell the, the vehicle if we, we need it to be. Uh, it, you know, it might take three months, but you know, three to six months, but you get right away. They're yeah. low, they're no low mileage. That's one of the reasons that they're fully equipped. So uh, we we could approve. We we could somebody could make this motion. We could approve it, but yet we haven't run out of options B, C, and D. That's correct, sir. Including uh, hearing from uh, global traffic or somebody else that may be interested in uh, in uh, providing a similar service or equivalent service. I, I do have another question here, though. I, I see this individual will only be able to offer self-defense for women. What about counselors during the tax time? <laughs> <laughs> only the female counselors, if you worship them. Okay. I think we can take care of ourselves. Yeah, I think the women on this council will probably take care of themselves. Yes, that's true. The other counselors that need some self-defense. You guys are digging a hole. Mm. Did the mayor just call us wimps? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, there is a administration recommendation. Your Worship, I would uh, be willing to, to put that motion on the floor that council approve peace officer services in the 2017 operating budget and authorize staff to enact instituting the service in 2017 by one applying for available grant funding and two purchasing required capital items up to an amount not to exceed ninety five thousand dollars to be funded from the capital reserve okay all in favor okay passed okay we have um, Reports, uh, check registry. There's two check registries, uh, one September 26, 2016, and the other one September, dated September 30th, 2016. Um, are there any questions on, uh, on that check registry, on those check registry items? <coughs> okay. Oh, Mr. Well, I'd prepare to put a motion on the floor to uh, accept the September 26th and September 30th uh, as information and make sure we pay the bills. Okay. All in favor? In the interests of... Yeah, I don't think we can quite set a record, but in the interests of uh, marching through... Uh, We'll go through the information section. I'm taking a break here. Um, there's a letter from the County of Northern Lights dated September 20th, 2016. Uh, is, is there uh, anyone who's interested in, in highlighting uh, this particular letter? And, and uh, perhaps they can indicate why they want to highlight it. I guess the only thing to mention on that is that the committee is set to meet November 22nd, I believe, and they do have a rep on that committee, so um, there will be some discussions regarding requests made to councils, and they can take it back after that. Okay, and just as a side note, did, does everybody know there's two new doctors in town? Yeah. Yeah. So, just going back to this one, uh, what was it? This is the county of Northern Lights. I said Northern Sunrise. Well, the the note says 
The link says letter from Northern Sunrise, but it, yeah, you're yeah. right, it is County Northern Lines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they're just thanking us for <coughs> including them on the committee. And there are, as Mr. Needham said, two uh, new uh, positions in town. And there is um, another I position. Adam Laundry. There is another physician in Grand Prairie right now who will be coming here, um, and she's doing her practical. Well, yeah, the a trial period that they have to do under AHS, under observation. She's doing that in Grand Prairie, and then she'll be coming over to Peace River. And I believe her husband is a dentist. So, well, you've already done a good job. You have your first. That, that, that was enough. <laughs> Well, I, I attribute it to the safe community we have with well, these officers, I know. Okay, uh, so there's a letter from St. Isidore regarding the Carnival uh, tapis, tapis Rouge. Probably mispronounced that. But anyhow, um, anything uh, worth highlighting there? Other than, Mr. Mayor, I think uh, the town should respond as to yes or no to whether they're sending somebody to assist in their opening ceremonies. Are you volunteering for the opening ceremonies? Do you have Mayor Tarp? Yeah, it says Mayor Tarp in February 17th, a long time away. Well, that's my point, it's a long time away, so perhaps... I think I'm away. Oh. It's a long time away, but you're going to be away. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll just respond that we, 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 will, we, we will be more than happy to attend. Is there a motion then? Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I uh, uh, someone to attend to uh, to uh, enable a peace route. The town of Peace River representative to attend. I move that uh, council enable the town of Peace River uh, representative from council to attend the February 17th opening ceremonies for the Carnival. I'm afraid to say Cafe Rouge. <laughs> Is there somebody that can help us with pronunciation? I'm looking for the media. Happy evening. Okay, there, okay. You, there you are. Mr. Mr. Taylor. All in favor? Very good, passed. Uh, we have a notice of a public hearing. This is bylaw number 9-2016. This is the off-site bit levy bylaw, um, which the MD of Peace is looking to enact. This is actually uh, something that they did on our recommendation. Uh, to, uh, this should help uh, bring in uh, water and sanitary infrastructure into the, the joint beneficial use area that we uh, co-manage. So, Mr. Mayor, when they set their off-site levies, do they consult the town with respect to I don't know, somehow how the costs are figured out with respect to water and sewer? Or are they just kind of... I, I think uh, 
perhaps if you went there on October the 14th at 4.30 p.m., you, you will get the answer to your question. Would you like us to enable you to attend? Uh, no, I believe I'm at a meeting. Yeah, I'm at a meeting. So, okay. Anybody else want to attend that? But I, I, I no, I know you were about no interest in attending, but I, I think it's, I think if they were to do this, they then, if they're going to have offsite levies, then they've got all kinds of options. They can deliver, develop their own water and sewer sanitary system. They can connect with us or they can connect with the town of Grimshaw. So as long as they've got the off-site levies, they can do whatever they want. So whatever is cheaper, connect to us, connect to Grimshaw, or do their own thing. Uh, the point is they can charge those costs back to, the, to those uh, uh, developers that are out there. At least that's yeah. my, my read. So it, it may or may not involve the town of Peace River at some point. Fourth item, you know, there's be a fourth, there will be a fifth item, but the fourth item is uh, is a letter from uh, Canada Post uh, Union, uh, and uh, this is where they're uh, read this correctly. It's just another opportunity to uh, to have our city of Canada Post review. I believe the administration is drafting a letter up to, uh, uh, based on the, uh, on, the, on the presentation made by uh, uh, Canada Post Union uh, a, couple, a few weeks ago. I think that should be sufficient. Uh, item number five uh, has to do with the uh, Heritage Tower, the 30th year anniversary, and I'll, uh, I'll have Mr. Needham lead the discussion on that. Uh, thanks, Your Worship. As promised, I will be very brief. So, if your calendar is handy, uh, this Thursday, November, I'm sorry, October the 13th, this Thursday, October the 13th at 2 o'clock at Heritage Towers, if Council um, members are available. This is a small coffee lunch appreciation uh, with the North Peace Housing Board, municipal leaders, and residents of Heritage Tower. Uh, the event, it's their 30th anniversary, so uh, this is your invitation to attend, and it's largely come and go, so council members can come for 10 minutes. Uh, I have the duty or the pleasure, rather, of saying a few words on behalf of the board and uh, and and the town of Peace River. So I'll, I'll uh, again just have a, a small speaking engagement, but largely it's uh, it's uh, it's a common goal and uh, certainly Heritage Tower in terms of the the suite of facilities in North Peace Housing is certainly one of the uh, the premier buildings. It, it's been upgraded a number of times. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, you can I'm sure we can arrange a quick tour. It's one of the few facilities that actually makes money. Uh, that lodge facility actually helps subsidize some of the other locations that are, are in deficit positions. So uh, again, uh, Thursday at 2 o'clock, um, come for half an hour and uh, say hi to uh, the seniors group. It's just half an hour.
Thank you, Mr. <coughs> so perhaps we could get a uh, an omnibus motion to accept uh, information items 10.1, 10.3, 10.4, uh, five for information. I'll make that motion, Your Worship. All in favor of Council Bird's motion? Uh, Mr. Parker, are there any notices of motion? Karen, none, Your Worship. Uh, I don't actually see any comments from the public. And <coughs> we, we basically let the media run the meeting, so we won't get any comments from them until key communication items, which happens right after that. So. Uh, is uh, last the media if there's any uh, any items of, uh, of note uh, that they think were worth highlighting, and if they want uh, want to have any interview time with members of council. Connor, that's right. I'd love to be speaking with Mr. Chris Parker as well as maybe. Okay. Uh, do, you, do, do you want to do that uh, tomorrow by telephone or right after? Uh, you think work for, how much time do you think um, you need? Three minutes. Three minutes? I just need some calls. We had three years worth of global traffic and you're going to dispense it in three minutes. <coughs> Two years. One year. Two years. Two years. Okay. Yeah, for myself, uh, who we said was the appointment of the interim fire chief. Okay. Over yeah, there, um, he's interested. Yeah, why don't we, uh, myself and Tim Harris, we'll do that together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> okay, uh, anything else? Nothing? Yeah, it's a pretty thin agenda. Okay, uh, we'll take a break for 10 15 minutes.